the truth is we're all human and the only way we can honestly change as people is not through psychology or self-help or techniques. We need to have role models that we aspire because they become our tribe and we hang out with them through content. Welcome to Brave. Learn from Southeast Asia's best tech leaders. Build the future, learn from our past, and stay human in between. No BS on success. I'm Jeremy Ao, venture capitalist, Sarah founder, Harvard MBA, science fiction nerd, and dad of two daughters. Every week, we debate startup news, interview change makers, answer listener questions, and share personal insights. Join our movement of over 40,000 members and get transcripts, resources, and community at www.bravesea.com. Stay well and stay brave. HD Mall is a healthcare marketplace in Southeast Asia, connecting patients to over 1,800 medical providers. This covers multiple categories, such as dental, aesthetics, and elective surgeries. Over 300,000 patients have accessed more affordable healthcare via HD Mall. Get yourself a well-deserved health checkup. If you're in Thailand, go to hdmall.co.th. If you're in Indonesia, go to hdmall.id. Hey, I was just watching the recent Netflix documentary, Roadrunner, which profiles the life and death of Anthony Bourdain. Celebrity chef, celebrity author, celebrity traveler, and he had a wonderful life. And the documentary did a wonderful job profiling his, to some extent, discovery, his early success, and his reinvention of himself into not just an author and a chef, but also a traveler and, in some extent, a philosopher. So it was interesting to see the journey of that. And the entire documentary was quite self-aware that at the end of his life, there was a suicide. And also he worked hard to, I think, paint a visual picture of some of the aspects that happened in his life, including his troubled relationship with Asia Argento. And yet, it was interesting because I had previously read another book, which is called Down and Out in Paradise, which was an unauthorized biography of the Anthony Bourdain story. And it covers three major differences that were quite significant for the documentary. And so, you know, what it made me realize is that I really wanted to go into the story of the difference between a biography versus an autobiography and the differences that those stories are and how we should be thoughtful about them in our own personal life and career. So what I noticed was different for the biography was that obviously it's much longer, right? I mean, a Netflix documentary, you're expecting something that you're going to watch casually on your laptop, on your phone, it's a visual picture. And, you know, it was quite honest. You know, they said, hey, but capturing not his early days, his childhood and so, so forth and we're just painting one picture of it and the three big differences that I saw from the documentary from the unauthorized biography and of course that was very different from his earlier self-reflective travelogues that he had eating and traveling around the world and talking about his life philosophy the first difference I noticed was the explanation of success now what the documentary left out was that Anthony Bourdain had a much longer career. You know, he was a troubled child. He eventually became a chef and he was not a great chef. I think he self-described himself as someone that worked hard and was very thoughtful about a chef that got things done, but it wasn't necessarily like the Michelin and he never really aimed for that. What he really was passionate about was writing. And before his first book, Kitchen Confidential, that really succeeded, 
truth was that he was writing both fiction primarily, and he wrote this nonfiction book because he felt like it was easy. He was describe his personal experience about the gritty side, the underbelly of the kitchen, ranging from drugs to the work hours to the actual conditions of the food and the workplace. Obviously, he didn't make it a documentary, but the classic image of Anthony Bourdain being this self-made guy is very true. And yet, we have to acknowledge that his mother played an important and instrumental part of his early success. When he first wrote that manuscript, it was not well received. And his mother, who was formerly an editor at the New York Times, pushed that manuscript into the wife of the editor of The New Yorker. The editor loved the manuscript. And the truth of the matter is that this editor was swamped with, you know, submissions from everybody. And anybody's work stood on his own two legs. But there's that piece, that network, that introduction, that capital network in terms of social capital was key to allowing his own work get eventually discovered, which really goes into the geography of things, which is that New York was obviously a great place and continues to be a great place for culinary innovation, for publishing and the arts. So there's a confluence of a lot of these media and food dynamics that allows a talent like Anthony Bourdain to be shaped by it, to be inspired and motivated to pursue that ladder, but also be discovered and elevated through the experience. Obviously, that's not really covered in the public's eye, nor is it covered in his self-description of how he succeeded in the early days. So here's the difference between a biography of how other people would note his success versus his autobiographical story about his own journey. The second big difference was Anthony Bourdain's relationship with Asia Argento. So Asia Argento was one of the originators of the Me Too movement, and Anthony Bourdain was in a relationship with her. Anthony Bourdain would definitely self-describe himself across media and online that he was a big supporter of the Me Too movement in order to shine a light on sexual discrimination and harassment across the entertainment industry. What was left out of his autobiographical story and what has come out in the years after his death is several facts that honestly complicate and muddy this self-description. Gia Argento, Anthony Bourdain's girlfriend, was accused by Jimmy Bennett of sexual assault. Jimmy Bennett and Asia Argento were co-stars, and at the time of the alleged sexual assault, Jimmy Bennett was underage. Again, these are allegations, and we don't know the true facts of the case. What is undisputed is that the New York Times reported that Anthony Bourdain had paid $380,000 to basically put together a settlement and put together a non-disclosure agreement. As you can imagine, this approach was criticized quite heavily during the Me Too movement. Thirdly, there's a big difference between his travel logs, his autobiography, his biography, and his posthumous documentary. When you watch the videos, I think people really resonate that this person has a skeptical and word-weary and humanistic view on life that honestly is very compelling. What did come true was actual feelings for his job. He said to his ex-wife in text message, I hate being famous. I hate my fans, I hate my job, which are all strong words because this is such a dream job. This is corroborated in the biography that came out as well as the documentary. So it was interesting for me to see the difference in that portrayal between his autobiographical travelogues where we could really get a sense of him and his personality and his spirit, I think the best of him in his travel videos, his biography, which honestly showed both I could say the best and worst of him. And the Netflix documentary, which showed, I think, the dark side and also worked hard to put together an inspirational ending and a call to action at the end of that story. For me, as a result, that really reminds me that there's always a big difference between biographies and autobiographies. Obviously, autobiographies are stories that you tell other people about yourself. And obviously, there's a subset, I would say, or maybe even the disagreement with the stories you tell yourself 
about yourself. As you can imagine, there's also a huge difference between what other people will tell stories about you. The truth is somewhere in between. When you are a public figure, that's something that almost all celebrity autobiography says is a big struggle that they have to go through because they see themselves going out and then they see that news splashed over the Daily Mail or some other publication and they're like, hey, I was just trying to have a good time with my friends and family and suddenly it became a big deal because I wore this or I said that. And so there's obviously a big kind of curve to the celebrity side and a lot of celebrities say something like, hey, I wish I wasn't famous anymore so that I could continue to have my normal life, my good old days. Conversely, we also know that there are lots of public figures that say they do something, they claim something about themselves, and yet the facts of the record seem very different. The reason why I share about this is because in business and career, there's a lot of following what people say they do and not necessarily being very thoughtful or clear about what people are actually acting and doing. I know some of you are going to be like, oh, duh, people are different. Of course, people are different from actions versus what they say, duh. And yet, I don't really think it's that clear. When we go to the business and self-help books, there's so many books talking about A and B and C about how to do and practice. And if you just take a step back and think about it, does it actually line up with the actual records of what actually happened. When you read so many business autobiographies, they are talking about how decisions and this and that. And factually, you know, we know that many of these CEOs and business leaders had to make very decisive decisions that were not popular at that time. And yet, when you read the books themselves, it doesn't really go into it. It talks about this and that. And I think the, one of the ways to test for this is, could you say this and disagree with it? Because if what they're saying is something that everybody agrees on, then honestly, it's filler. So for myself, when I read business books, I tend to read biographies from an independent third party who has put together facts, a chronology. And when I do listen or read an autobiography, I'm merely listening to hear from their perspective to entertain, to hear some vignettes about some truths. For example, I was listening to Seth Rogen and you know he has a wonderful autobiography vignettes called Yearbook. Uh, and he gave some great examples of his experiences meeting Nicolas Cage and Tom Cruise. And one observation that he has is just that, hey, celebrities have a bubble around them about their life and how they want to structure that life. And that musicians, because they interact less with production staff and other actors and so, so forth because they're making music, as a result, they are actually more in that bubble, right? And so they tend to have stronger personalities as a result. I thought that was an interesting observation and a possibly truthful one as well. He was making an observation about the industry. Now, he went on to talk about the interview and his chronology and his take on how the fiasco happened with the North Korea. And he shared his point of view, which was very valid and fairly thought through. I think it showed a lot of personal details about how various actors were acting in terms of their decisions and incentives, including the production studio. And yet, if you look at the public record as well, you could make the case that he's sharing his side of the story and not necessarily the full forensic, independent investigation of what actually went on. And I don't think that there needs to be as long as we're aware of it. Several years ago, I remember in late 2019, I was listening to the book Dear Girls by Ali Wong and it's a series of letters describing her life and honestly humorous have like career journey to her young daughters and hopes that they read it someday. They are full of wisdom, full of love and also full of laughter and I really enjoyed that. And what was interesting was that at the end of the book there was a letter from her husband Justin Hakuta. And what's interesting was that you know 
I remember just kind of listening. It was such a sweet letter that he wrote about how he fell in love with her and how she was so confident and how he was attracted to her. And obviously, even within the same book, there's actually a big difference between her description of the chronology and what the sentence were and what his description was. But I really took it as, to some extent, relationship advice. I was like, this is what we really want to see. And yet, less than two and a half years later, they announced that they were splitting up. And so obviously, things could have happened a lot within those two and a half years. Maybe something went wrong. But it's interesting, again, that this biography an autobiography was at a snapshot of time. And I think we need to be aware that's another form of bias because an autobiography can only be written while you're alive. And the truth is, you still have decisions to make. Not everything has been played out yet. And we see that actually quite a bit with the recent biographies of Elon Musk. I remember listening to the biography of him back in 2015. And now there's a new biography. Within the book, there's actually already a difference between how she described how she was the one making moves on him. And in his letter, he shared about how he was already very deeply attracted to her. And so, you know, classic. Every couple, if you ask the husband and not the wife, you say, who made the moves and who? You're never going to get the same answer about the same chronology effects. If you go to a trial, eyewitness testimony is notoriously unreliable. And these are people who are trying to speak under oath, right? And they're trying their best to say the truth from their perspective. And yet, it's been proven that the human memory is pretty unreliable and we can't fill in the blanks, we forget stuff, we switch in and substitute other stuff. So it's, I think a natural part of being human is that memories are, you know, shifting things. Yet what's interesting is that here I am, I look at this as aspirational relationship advice. And fast forward, you know, less than two and a half years later, they announced their split, right? That they are breaking up after having two children, two beautiful young girls, and they're moving on to separate ways, which again is totally fair. There's no issue with divorcing. There's no issue or requirement to staying in a marriage that you don't like. It's just that here I am just reading this book and it's a beautiful story of love and marriage and relationship. And it's not, you know, and pretty fast actually, right? So again, maybe it happened all within the two and a half years. But I think what I'm just trying to say here is that when we're reading business self-help books or these autobiographies especially, I think it would be quite thoughtful that people have a point of view. I have a point of view, right? And that's not necessarily the same story that other people may say of me or that I may even say to myself. And so I think we just have to have that natural sense of skepticism, I would say, and be very thoughtful about being clear about what someone is saying is what they're saying. And that's often can be different from what they're actually doing. And so, you know, if we see a certain career path, we see some aspirational person that we want to be CEO of, for example, I think we'd be super aware. Like, obviously they say this is how they got there, but there are obviously many other steps along the way. A big part of it is, can you look at the career steps they had made on their previous LinkedIn profile resume? And those are often the steps that will help you replicate climbing the ladder to the same role in the same company, for example. So what I'm trying to say here is, all in all, please continue reading biographies, autobiographies, documentaries. These are all great with people to get to know your heroes, right? And the truth is we're all human. And the only way we can honestly change as people is not through psychology or self-help or techniques. We need to have role models that we aspire to because they become our tribe and we hang out with them through content. And that's the wonderful thing about internet and books and literature is that these heroes that you could only have met if you had met them in person, are now people that have been passed through these gatekeepers and storytellers to us, and we get to hear these stories. And so now we get to aspire and be like them. We get to have heroes like Abraham Lincoln, Martin Luther King, so many wonderful uh, heroes out there. What I'm trying to say here is, 
they're still human, right? And at the end of the day, the relationship that you have is a parasocial relationship, is something that's been intermediated by gatekeepers and these storytellers who all have an incentive and agenda. And so I think if you are looking for that role model, it's really important not just to read one source, but to read multiple sources and see the differences and work very hard not to look at the figurine that the media is trying to portray, but understand that everyone's still a flawed human with you know, sins and virtues and hopes and fears. It's just like you and me, right? Flesh and blood. And I think that's something for us to always be thoughtful about, no matter where we are or what we're consuming. On that note, see you next week. Thank you for listening to Brave. If you enjoyed this episode, please share the podcast with your friends and colleagues. We would also appreciate you leaving a rating or review. Head over to www.bravesea.com for member content, resources, and community. Stay well and stay brave. Stay brave.